Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the LS Podcast. My name is William Yank. I'm here with my co-host, Roni Beavering. Say hi, Roni. Hey, guys. What's up? Roni and I are here today with a special guest, someone close to my heart and uh, soon to be Roni's heart as well, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend, Amy Madrin. She is a 20-year-old right now, about to have a birthday, 21-year-old um, CRPS patient and... Um, junior year at Purdue um, University and I'll just kind of let her tell you guys about herself so yeah. what's up guys um, I know the funny guy sitting across from me here but yeah um, I am 20 years old I'm a junior at Purdue studying health and disease bio um, I'm a pre-med student and I have CRPS so um, I don't know do you guys want me to like get into my story or like what do that you would be great about? yeah and yeah. then maybe so Go ahead, Ronnie. Right. No, no, I was going to say, maybe if you can explain what CRPS is, that would be great. And then get into, like, how it all started. Totally. Yeah. So, um, CRPS is abbreviated. It's Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. Um, complex Regional Pain Syndrome is a disorder of the nervous system. It is progressive, and there is currently no cure. Um, it's very hard to treat, but essentially, it causes severe neuropathic pain um, in typically one limb but it does spread and it's beyond the realm of what physicians think the pain should be um but basically you get like burning stinging um like big painful shocks um itching yeah the (laughs) yeah well knows um you get itching uh abnormal sweating um swelling my feet turn blue. Um, basically, your sympathetic nervous system, for all you nerds out there, uh, takes control of your your pain and your sympathetic nerve fibers, which are the big fight or flight ones, um, go go kind of haywire, and everything just kind of spills out, and and it's very very difficult to treat. Um, mine also happens to be characterized by a motor disorder because of um, nerve damage. <laughs> so. <laughs> I- I um used to be. How soccer. did you get it? Yeah, so I used to be a soccer player, and I um was a little bit big time with that, and was getting recruited, and had an injury one day, and had surgery for that, and I woke up with a post-op nerve injury and foot drops from some complications, um okay. and yeah, uh was in the hospital for a little while, and then ten months later. I, um, well, I guess throughout those 10 months, I relearned how to walk, relearned how to do a lot of things and walked with a walker. Shout out to you folks that walk with mobility aids. Walker squad. Let's go. Yeah, my, my people. Um, and then 10 months later I had that surgery revised and yeah, here I am. Um, just chipping away three years into PT later. Wow. So it was that original surgery that put you and gave you crps is that what you're saying um plus minus (laughs) we're not sure yet yeah so crps a lot of times happens to people um there's type one and type two type one has to do with um like sprained ankles it can happen with like sprained ankles fractures more like orthopedic injuries and then type two actually has to do with an original cause from nerve damage so your nerves kind of just don't know how to be nerves anymore Um, sure so 
so I just want to ask you about something that yeah that Will and I were talking about like a week ago or something the clinic I forgot what it's called have you heard of it there's a they, clinic out in Arizona was Arizona, it Arizona I believe like for CRPS Barrow clinics but something like that and I don't know why but I see it on my timeline all the time because I guess one of their hashtags is something that I follow on yeah. Instagram and apparently they like put um according to their Instagram a lot of patients that go there go into remission with their CRPS yes so I actually have not heard of that clinic which I will definitely have to give it a look um but I'm actually privileged enough um I'm from Indiana like Will um and I've got some pretty um awesome ties to my local hospitals so we actually started doing ketamine infusions which are super, super useful for people with CRPS. Um, and I am patient zero at my hospital, which is like super cool. So I'm kind of a celebrity out. I've always wanted to be a regular somewhere and I'm a celebrity <laughs> in their outpatient infusion so, center, which is pretty dope, but. That's crazy. I have a question about that. Are you getting it. it to sort of reset your nerves or for pain? Yes. So ketamine is, um, I'm going to get, do you guys can I get nerdy yes <laughs> no, get go. Nerdy on us. let's go run free so, We're here for uh, like I said I'm I am a biology student at Purdue so I get pretty pretty nerdy about stuff like this but um ketamine is actually super super cool drug it's pretty old um but what they discovered is that it blocks the NMDA receptor um involved in central and peripheral sensitization which is like the upregulation of signals um, in the nervous system. And so what happens in CRPS is you build a ton of these receptors and um, you just get all of these crazy signals. And by blocking those, you can actually help control the spread, but also um, kind of put a lot of your symptoms at at more of a bay, um, which is super, super cool. So I don't get it for like pain. I get it for regulation of my actual symptoms. which is super cool that it works that way. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I got it once, but for something completely different. We won't get, get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Will was telling me basically that this is like sort of an, an invisible disability because people don't know what you're going through. And maybe you can tell us like a little bit about that and how it limits you in your day-to-day life and um, how it used to limit you, how it limits you now all of the good stuff. Totally. So because my story is kind of um, this big mosh pit, I guess, I have a very interesting story to kind of interpret just because of the original cause of my CRPS. Um, Because it is nerve related, it's a little bit harder to kind of understand and move forward. Um, But it is an invisible disability predominantly because of my motor disorder. Um, and a lot of people with CRPS, um, they, they do like have difficulty with, um, like physical tasks. So again, it is an invisible disability. Um, but I, I would say that the way it limits me is, I don't know. Well, you can probably agree with me here. Predominantly, I would say like sleep. Yeah. I would say sleep. In what way? (laughs) Uh, I slept like two hours a night for like a very, very long time. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And I am a college. 
because of pain. So I, I had like a bunch of pain somnia, which Roni, I know you're a chronic pain sufferer as well. So that probably relates with you as well. For sure. Um, I would I, say, go ahead. go ahead. I also would say um, I have a lot of difficulty with like my physical mobility. So like sometimes I look completely fine. <laughs> and other times when I'm in a flare or whatever, like my legs literally just like fold out from under me. And Will will joke with me that I look like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. <laughs> you guys know what that is. <laughs> He's always like, Lieutenant Aww. Dan, what happened to your legs? Which <laughs> is pretty funny. But um, yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of difficulty with just like, I was a very athletic um, and outdoorsy person. And I've really had to see a transformation in my hobbies and in my life with what what I'm able to do, with what I have the energy to do with um just like positions I can be in positions I can't be in um job choices that I may be looking forward because you know I, I I can't be as physically demanding of myself I have to be a little bit kinder to my body than I maybe used to be um so that's that's mm-hmm. kind of a way that I would say I'm like limited I guess yeah yeah um, this all reminds me so much of like what I experienced but we have totally different issues and it's just so funny how chronic illness just um relate like you interrelate to everyone else Um, yeah um I know I know that you get ketamine treatment Amy but will you go into a little bit about like the sympathetic blocks that you also get? Oh yeah. Did you kind of explain that too to everybody because (laughs) I think that'd be interesting sympathetic Yeah, I get nerve blocks regularly as well. Um, So nerve block, the sympathetic blocks that I get, um, because I used to have a spinal injury as well, I used to get like epidural steroid injections. I got bilateral selective nerve roots, blocks, whatever. But the cool thing about the sympathetic blocks for me is that um, I kind of go in for like small series of them. So like I get them every now and then, and they basically just put these like big needles in my back (laughs) and block the sympathetic fibers. Um, which are the ones that kind of cause a lot of people with CRPS these big issues. And my feet get super, super warm afterward, which is the best feeling in the world because they're <laughs> always freezing um, from because CRPS, like your sympathetic That's system awesome. kind of like goes haywire. Basically, you get this basic constriction. So like your blood vessels in your in your legs and your feet or wherever you're affected just constrict. And so Ugh. your feet are always like freezing. I feel you. Yeah. And my hands too, though. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the best thing in the whole world is when that happens. But I also, they put like a local anesthetic in there. So I get, I have this thing called allodynia, which is associated with CRPS. And it's, allodynia is like extremely like painful to touch. So like, I, I didn't, I don't sleep with sheets because they're far too painful for me. Um, I couldn't really wear, like, closed-toed shoes for a really long time. Um, Like, just things touching you are, like, extremely painful. And it blocks that, which is so great for me. So, for, like, a couple hours, I feel, like, a million bucks, which is amazing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yo, you're you're just bringing me back to, like, what I've experienced. Yeah, that's, like, the worst thing in the world when everything that you touch physically kills you we I remember when I was in a wheelchair my parents had to buy this cushion for my wheelchair that was like $500 because I couldn't sit 
on anything but like my head Mm -hmm. um and my mom would like literally wrap me in like I don't even remember what just like bubble wrap basically (laughs) and then I also couldn't wear shoes she would only put slippers on me and oh my god it was the most painful thing in the world and everything you're saying just reminds me of me (laughs) like my past um what do you think was the hardest thing about not being able to like touch things because I feel like touch is like a very intimate um sensation you know yeah that's such a good question um at the time I had so many problems like it wasn't just touch like I I think I was non-stop vomiting I I like felt horrible like throughout every part of every system you know like gastric everything um and I don't think that was the main um issue in my mind you know like I wasn't thinking about it I would just like I probably just didn't want to exist I just wanted it all to stop yeah tell me what you think for yourself what the hardest part was um I okay this is like kind of a dumb answer but I, I really love, like, fuzzy socks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shame. I have so many probably because of that. <laughs> yeah, I really love fuzzy socks. And then I also, um, this is, like, kind of specific to relationships, I guess. But with Will and I, sometimes we'll be, like, I don't even know, just, like, cuddling or, like, hanging out. And, like, you know how it's just normal for, like, your partner or whatever to, like, reach for, like, I don't even know, like, your leg or whatever. Like, put their leg over you. Like, sometimes I'll just, like, rescind. Like, I'll just, like, I just retract. Withdraw. Yeah, retract. Like, yeah. I completely pull back. And, and he thinks I'm, like, mad at him or something for a second until he's, like, wait, what just happened? Uh, so I would say that's, like, one of the weirdest things, like, when you're, like, trying to, like, obviously Will understands because, like, you know, we're pretty close at this point but when you're first dating that's like so awkward to explain no I I never even thought about that but that's so true that's that is so awkward I used to have like or I still get it like sometimes like my leg will twitch like you know what I mean your nerve kind of shoot and 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 then and I remember when that used to happen to me years ago I was like so embarrassed I'm like why the hell like stop and I can't explain why I just kicked you but <laughs> dude you're literally like speaking to my soul so that happens to me like all the time with the like the big like myoclonic jerking and stuff like that and like my feet will tap involuntarily which is so awkward in lecture halls you're just like that asshole who just like sits there and like taps their foot and you have to explain to people like you can't the kid but, that like, like clicks their pen oh, clicks like, their yeah, pen the entire time their pen, and you're like god damn it i'm that kid yeah no i I feel like probably no one even notices. People notice the pen, but like, yeah. maybe not the tapping. <laughs> I, I listened to this <laughs> podcast the other day about the phenomenon that we all, like, because we're all the center of our own universe, we always think people are looking at us, but normally people don't. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Were we just talking about this on one of our episodes, or did I make that up? Or was I uh, also watching watching something? That's- you were probably watching something, but we have talked about it once, I think. But... <laughs> Every, yeah, I kind of want to get into something um, back to pain related. I know that traditionally, uh, when we're going through treatment, a lot of us that are chronically ill, you have this normal pain scale when you're in the hospital, and that pain scale is a one to ten. 
And Amy and I have had this conversation that for chronic pain people, it is not a basic one to 10 scale anymore. This is a, this is a much more severe scale of pain. And Amy, I'd really like you to kind of explain that new scale and what that means. And I'm talking about with child. So <laughs> oh get into okay. that. Okay, So there's this snazzy little thing called the McGill pain scale, right? And it's, it's basically a way to rank chronic pain conditions um because there are people who come into the er and you know they're walking talking um doing everything and you know i normally know what's in their medical history because they used to work there but beside the point um they'll say that their pain is like a 10 out of 10 but then you'll get somebody coming in that's like a chronic pain patient and they're saying their pain is like a three out of 10 and you're like what is this and Will and I have kind of talked about this where you have this thing where your body just kind of adapts to the amount of pain that you're in and you get this new normal. Um, so whereas, so <laughs> I'm going to tell kind of a story to like explain this a little bit. So I have this really Please. snazzy thing yeah. called a bioness, um, which is in a functional e-stem unit, but it has like this electric stimulation um, sensation and it it is much below or matches or much below my my chronic feeling in my legs right and I've I've put it on like my sister my brother some of my friends and I kid you not some of them have like cried or like not been able to walk like it's like scary yeah. to them and like it it hurts like it, it's painful it's yeah painful. but to me I'm like what are you talking about like I can't even feel this thing. And I think that's like the best way to describe that is when I first kind of woke up with this nerve injury, that's, that is probably how I felt. And to have, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's easy for us when we've been in pain for so long to be like, you're just being a weenie. <laughs> yeah. But then I think back to like a couple years ago and I'm like, that's probably how I would have reacted. Um, yeah. So going back to the McGill pain scale, um, these chronic pain conditions are ranked on a scale of like, I think it's like one to 50 and they kind of, um, they keep going up and CRPS pain, um, actually <laughs> the reason that Will said with child is we have this. Yeah. Joke. I was wondering, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, we have this joke because CRPS pain is, um, on this McGill pain scale is ranked above natural childbirth. Um, the pain of natural childbirth and so every time I'm in pain I'll like look and I'll feel like no I'm with child like it's, it's kind of funny and so I'm like wait but you're like it's kind of lucky because when I'm in labor someday like I'm not gonna be a dick you know <laughs> um, oh my God. so but yeah, yeah. It, like it ranks like terminal cancer pain which um, I know some of you have have seen some of your dearest friends go through that and I'm it, it you know just ranks all of these things so if you have a chronic pain condition maybe check that out make you feel a lot less alone yeah no yeah I really like that thank you for explaining that scale for us I just the thing like that joke between Amy though she's joking like I'm with child like the pain that she's feeling obviously is not a joke and so being able to say things like that joke around with it, it just helps yeah. it be like yeah. more accepted and like like I've experienced pain, uh, probably nothing that sh compared to what she has, but um, 
obviously cancer pain is still a thing, right, Ronnie? Like even as a cancer patient, you you feel like hell, like some side effects can make you have really bad bone pain and different things like that. So um, there's still a level of pain that we all experience. And regardless of what that is, some worse, some not, but still, um, I just wanted to get that across. So, and I think, yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Ronnie. No, no, you go first. Gonna say, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I also already forgot. No, that's okay. I just forgot. Um, <laughs> oh, you want me to go? Oh, okay, no, it's go. okay. I got, I got it. Um, I think that that a lot of times, you know, when you like, I think the difference between being in chronic pain versus pain, right, is mm-hmm. obviously we all kind of we all experience, you know, that scale of pain. Like we're all, yeah we all experience that to some degree in our own way. And pain is obviously, we'd like to think it's objective, but it is subjective. Um, And, but I think the hardest thing with chronic pain is that, you know, I've always said to myself, you can do anything for, and I think we all, you can do, sorry, I lost you for a second. For a set amount of time. And, and I think that's the difficult thing is when you're, when you're kind of given this diagnosis of like, quote, a life of suffering in pain, you like, you have no idea where that, where that ends. You're given this, um, this idea of like, I don't want to live like this, but I have to. And, and I think the important thing to remember when you're in chronic pain is that you have to remove the idea that a life of meaning isn't a life without pain. It just is a life with pain and you're going to have to you know, just still see it as fruitful and, and wonderful. Because I think a lot of times people associate having a happy or perfect life with pain-free, right? Emotional pain-free, physical pain-free, but that's just not the case. And Will and I have talked about this so many times that you have this choice and it's like, you either spend the rest of your life thinking that your life sucks (laughs) because it's not this yeah it's not this perfect definition of what you've always envisioned or what you've always been told or you learn to live with it and and some days it's unpredictable and you're gonna have bad days and good days but isn't that what everybody has yes i would my soul i would like to highlight what amy just said specifically because (laughs) folks this is like one of the reasons why i'm so attracted to her in the first place right is because the the ability to look at a situation like that, having a chronic illness, having chronic pain, obviously Amy and I can relate a lot, right? Um, cancer and the pain that she feels different, obviously things, but in general, same ideations, generalities, things that go on. And that her ability to still live her life, have a personality, um, put pain aside to enjoy a moment, be present and do different things and still want to go out and like fucking kill it. Like she does, like that's hot. And like, if you can find that in people, <laughs> I, if you can find that in people, like that's, that's important because not only does that, that speaks about her character is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. And for those that, you know, are struggling right now with any sort of chronic illness, any sort of issues or pain, like you do have that choice. And you have that choice to be the victim or you have that choice to be someone who's going to overcome or adapt or um, figure out a way around it, anything. So you choose how to live. Don't let it choose for you because that, like Amy said, just leads to a life of very much like a lot of sadness, you know, and a lot of 
um, struggle and frustration and what a poor way to live, you know? You can at least, you can choose your mindset. You exactly. Can, if you're physically, you can't move, like you can't really do much about that, but you can... You have you one, you control over one thing and that's your yeah, mind. Totally. Yeah, and, exactly. and I, I think, Will, when we've talked about this, I'm not, I'm not saying that I haven't like literally cried or like puked because of pain, like while everybody else in my life yeah, is having exactly. fun, because that's just the reality of having pain or a chronic illness or, or whatever. Right. Like you're going to have days that you just like, can't like spoon, spoon theory. Yeah. Right. You know, you're just going to have days that you just don't exactly. have enough freaking exactly. spoon. <laughs> but there are yeah. other days that maybe you do have enough spoons. You're just, you're choosing to remove your spoons because your, your attitude maybe isn't in the right spot. And maybe you need to go take a shower or yeah. listen to a podcast or something to find a way around that. Motivate but, you. Um, I actually yeah. had a doctor at one point tell me that the worst thing I can do is stop living my life. And that stuck with me the entire time. I actually cried and got a celebratory coffee that day because I was like, this is the best thing that anybody has ever told me in the last three years. Like, I thought I was going to have to, you know, like, never, Close never up shop. smile again. Close yeah. up shop. Because that's, yeah. that's what, yeah. like, the internet tells you. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, not, I mean, they, I mean, it just does. I'm sorry. Like, don't look at the internet. Because it, it literally just, like, gives you all these, like, it gives you a vast amount of testimonies that are just, like, sad. And... Yeah. I just don't want to live my life like that. And I I love yeah. shout out to Dr. Josephson. That man is a G. <laughs> Looks like Carl from up. <laughs> I heard the same thing once from a doctor where they said I should I should try to live like as normal of a life as possible when I was asking if I can go out with my friends and I celebrated with some alcohol. <laughs> you celebrated with some There you go. I got a shot. <laughs> But um, okay, cool. And so moving forward, there there's other things about like this invisible disability and yeah. uh, disability in general that I want to highlight here. And something that Amy and I have talked about in the past is um, if you guys have noticed, which it's really hard not to, inclusivity in the idea of racial inclusivity, um, socioeconomic inclusivity, et cetera, has been a huge deal as of late. Um, socially and politically, it's been all over the news. And so what I want Amy to talk about, we had a really great discussion about this, was where does the disabled fit into the entire inclusivity pattern? And, you know, what, what do we need to know? What, what do we, like, what, what do you face, Amy, like, with this? And, like, you know, you have your handicap pass, but because you have an invisible disability, you're getting yeah, crap and, like, some exactly. places the accessibility dude accessibility I to places so and stuff like that because i live a fairly like fruitful and happy and joyful life but that's that's because of me not because of my diagnosis not because i i don't medically require that that little blue placard it has nothing to do with that Correct. but the thing that people always Correct. seem to forget is because you don't look a certain way they think that you can't you can't hold a diagnosis or be, be a, certain. a certain way. And that, that doesn't just yeah. apply to like physical disabilities that applies to like dyslexia, uh, inflammatory bowel diseases, like literally anything that you can think of. There are so many different things in this yeah. life that you have no idea what someone's facing. And, and, you know, like that is, that is such a cliche and I get that, but it is so true. And I've, I've never 
you know, I didn't, I didn't take time to think about that a lot um, until things started happening to me. <laughs> like I got this pass, right. And, and I've had probably countless people, like I literally have had people like come up and tap on my windows at Purdue and be like, are you disabled? <laughs> like, like they're oh being God. like a social justice warrior or something. And it's like, do I owe you my origin story right now? Like, exactly. this is so like, it's like, they think that they're like doing something big. And I'm like, this is just awkward for you because yeah, I do. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But like, I've had mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, it's like, I've had countless people like come up to me and do stuff like that. I had a cop like follow me to my spot one time and I got out with a cane and he was like, oh, <laughs> like it was like, it was just like really weird. Um, and then on top of that, like just the discrimination I face um, with like when I have a mobility aid versus when I don't. So like, like I'll be at the air, Talk airport about- or what? Talk about your talk about your lab too, oh, like at school, the lab. Dude, so like that's a really good example. Like, like my lab practical. Just like the accommodations for the DRC dude. and stuff like that. Like talk so, about that. Real Purdue quick. has this really awesome center called the DRC. It's a disability resource center, and for like two years, I took my exams and stuff with no accommodations, which royally sucked. But it was probably my fault because I didn't <laughs> ask for help, which I really struggle with. But beside the point. Um, so there was a chemistry final that I was taking. And because I have such bad allodynia, um, this kid was trying to get out of the aisle and he like, he hit my leg. We had 30 minutes left of this exam and I cried the entire, the entire rest of the time because it was so painful and I didn't finish my exam. And so I finally got these accommodations. So I, my true accommodation on my disability letter for school is that I require a distraction-free environment. Um, and I take my exams oh. in my own room, essentially. So I had a, I had a professor. Okay. Go for it. What's up? No, no, I said same yeah. when I was in so, <laughs> but But that's pretty common with a lot of invisible disabilities, like anxiety, um, like yeah. so many different... Yeah. ADHD yeah, so and all that. so many different things. And mm-hmm. I had this professor, like a couple weeks ago, who we... So I took... I took two of my exams in the DRC and they were, they were different formats. And the third and final lab practical, my professor tells us that she's going to quote accommodate for disability. And so she, she gives us our own testing room with extra time. And so we take our exam by ourselves. So I get to this lab room and it's stations. It's like physically walking. So folks, she's, yeah, she has to walk is what she's saying. She's having to walk to these different stations, even though her disability is oh a struggle God. at walking. <laughs> yeah. So the way she So the way that, that they chose to, quote, accommodate me was by putting me in my own room and making me walk. Your own pit, of, own hell. pit of hell. Basically. And so I take this uh-huh. exam and then I, I told the TAs, I was like, no offense to this lady, but like she legally can't ask why we take our exams in the DRC and she said she was going to yeah. accommodate for us and then I get there and it's literally an obstacle course <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god I was like, ma'am like did you no, say you're doing crossfit crossfit to finish your lab to the professor or did you just like I, I kind of just let it go but oh you 
okay it's okay yeah so I kind of just let it go I was like all right and I just kind of ranted to the TAs and left because it was my last week of like in-person class (laughs) but Mm -hmm. but yeah and then like I so I'm a STEM student right and I I've taken if any of you are in STEM you've probably taken organic lab right and organic Mm -hmm. lab is this like three hours of straight hell which it's literally the most physically demanding lab I've ever been in and it's just up and down and and all over and I've broken like four pieces of glassware like like in two semesters because I've I keep falling in this lab but there's no way to like really accommodate a lab but I have to take it yeah so it's kind of interesting yeah you're you're just school and like um accessibility is a whole episode in and of itself i have so much to say about it yeah i can't wait for that we can we can leave yeah we can leave that for another time beyond that on that episode honestly yeah yeah i might have to do that but honestly that's that's all i kind of wanted to chat about today i mean we're kind of hitting our max time here and so um amy i want to thank you for coming on and talking about and being so open with your story about everything you deal with with crps and uh, if any of the listeners have questions or want to reach out to her, we'll throw her Instagram in the description. And uh, yeah, just reach out to her and say hello and see, you know, help her know that she's not as alone because I know there's a lot of people out there that Roni and I get messages from that do deal with chronic pain. So, yes. dude, I'd love to um, talk. Just hit me up. Yeah, we want more people with like chronic illnesses here uh, on the pod, you know? Yeah. Roni, do you have anything else you want to say? No, um, thank you, Amy, for sharing that with us. Like, we loved having you as a guest. Um, to everyone who's listening, I am going for surgery tomorrow. So, uh, next week's episode might be a little funky on pain meds, but <laughs> we'll still be here. Um, yeah, that's it. Anything uh, you want to say, Will? Before? Nope, that's it. Thank you all for coming, and uh, yeah, stay ill. Thank Thanks, you guys. Amy. Stay ill. Thank you so much for Amy. Thank you so much for me, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys.